The Secrets of Technology is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Technology. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Technology, where we discuss the technology news that's important to you from a uniquely Catholic point of view. And joining me today on the panel are Thomas Sanaherho. Hi, Thomas. Hi, Don. How's it going? Very well, thanks. And Jack Barazzini. Hi, Jack. Hey, Don. So uh, we have a fun show today. Uh, we get some some good stories that we want to talk about, but there's, I want to start with something a little fun. Um, this is sort of, a, I think, a tradition for uh, tech podcasts and podcasts in general this time of year where we, we roll out our Christmas gift guides. And so over the next few weeks, as we because we have several different panels uh, that we have, we're going to uh, be talking about some of our suggestions for stuff that you may want to think about for the, the gadget head in your life or to put on your own Christmas list, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, because I know I'm I'm looking at even just the list already, and I'm thinking, oh, that could be nice on my list. <laughs> so uh, we'll we'll get, we'll get started with that. So what we're gonna do is uh, we're gonna just kind of go around, and um, we'll each do a couple. We'll, we'll we'll do one. We'll go go around, then we'll come back and do a second one, and uh, and that should cover us. And uh, and the idea is, is these are a lot of times these lists have like wicked expensive stuff, you know, like hundreds of dollars worth of things. And I was thinking things that are more. Uh, Reasonable. I mean, some of these may be, uh, you know, maybe a, a couple of bucks uh, here, but they're but they're good uh, long term uh, values, shall we say? And uh, some more expensive, some less expensive, and it's just something to think about. So uh, I, I'm going to get started with my first uh, Christmas gift idea, and mine comes from the fact that I upgraded my iPad earlier this year, and uh, I passed on my old one to my daughter, who was in need of a computer. And the iPad is plenty of computer for her with it. It had the, the keyboard with it. So I got my new iPad Pro and I I needed a keyboard and I decided to go for the bridge keyboard. Uh, that was a pick of the week from Joanne uh, a few months ago. And so I, I went and picked it up. And yeah, it's <laughs> it is all that and more. If you have a if you have an iPad Pro of, uh, of any sort, it is a great uh, keyboard to have. Uh, and and the, the nice part is is I don't have it in the the bridge keyboard all the time. It has these little clips that you slide it into, and it holds it in via friction and tension. Um, and I don't like having to pull it out and put it in all the time because I, the last time I I did that with a with a previous keyboard case, it ended up breaking. I, I I pull it out because I have like certain places I want to put it and that sort of thing, and I don't want to have this big keyboard hanging off of it. Uh, so. It doesn't sit in it most of the time, but when I need it, it's there, and it feels like a laptop. I mean, it really feels like a real computer, and so uh, it's a great compromise. Uh, they're they're not cheap exactly, uh, depending on the size you get. Like for the the smaller bridge uh, iPad keyboard, um, it is oh, they're one nineteen right now, which is not bad for a keyboard case. And this is it. They're backlit keys. There's a, a long life battery in it. It's it's a it's a really good value. So does uh, it feel like a Mac keyboard? 
It does. Uh, the good ones. <laughs> right. Right. I was going to say like like the good like laptop keyboard yes. kind of feel to it. That's it, that's a that's a good important point for me. If I'm using a Mac, I really want the feel of the keys to be right. And it's it's solid. It's an aluminum body. It's not plastic and it feels solid under your hand. And which means it's it's a little heavier than than some mm. are. It's but so it's a bit of a compromise, but I I I think it's good. I mean, it makes it feel like a laptop once you have it in it. Um, and people will want to just carry a laptop around. Well, yeah, but except my MacBook doesn't have a touchscreen, <laughs> which <Right>. this does. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so, and you can't take the keyboard off of your, your, your MacBook or, well, you can, but the, then it's ruined. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, I, I, so that's my, uh, my first, uh, Christmas gift idea for our, our, our ongoing Chris, Christmas gift guide. Uh, so let's, uh, let's hear from one of you guys, uh, uh, Thomas, what's your Christmas gift idea for a, the tech head in your life? All right. So I'm, I'm doing a maker theme with mine uh, this time around. All uh, right. Mine's a little bit more on the expensive side, but this is something that's going to keep on giving. And I think uh, when I frame it the right way, a lot of people are going to be less reluctant about it. So this one's an Ender 3 Pro. I've mentioned it before. Uh, it runs between $200 and $250. So that's, you know, starting off there. But it's a 3D printer that you can use in your house. And I will tell you, I have now a $3,000 printer at the place that I work. And I like my Ender 3 Pro better, honestly. So mm. um, <laughs> just just uh, just throwing that out there. The the difference being, this is for a tech head. So it's it's got, it's a little fiddly. Uh, the, the Ender is a very much a, an, electro, an electronics, uh, somebody put it together that new electronics and they just they put it together and you're going to have to learn how to use it. Then you're going to have to fiddle with it a little bit and you're going to have to take some parts off of it and put some new parts on. But when you get used to it, it's really not that bad. There's plenty of YouTube tutorials out there and the, the uh, filament is really not that expensive. You can get a, a good uh, kilogram of filament for about fifteen dollars. Hmm. And that's going to last you a good long time. Um, I, I think it took me about three months of pretty constant printing to run out of that first kilogram of filament that I used. Cool. And what kind of things do you make with it? Uh, if you want to find out what kind of things you can make, go to thingiverse.com right. and just look at all of the stuff they have on there because there's everything. Uh, it's from the most functional kind of things like doorknobs and um, cabinet handles to uh, just ridiculous, silly things like, um, yeah, I use it for Dungeons and Dragons all the time. So it's cool. that's that's where most of my use comes from. <laughs> Awesome. But uh, but the stuff's really, really sturdy, too. And so I've printed stuff for my kids Nerf guns. That's like the guts of the Nerf gun, not just the not just stuff to add on to it, but like the real insides of the Nerf gun that get really beat up. And um, if you print them in the right stuff, they work. I actually have a set of um, bagpipe 3D files that I've been wanting to try out. So oh, maybe I'll have to get one right. of those and see if I can put that together. See, there I, you go. I tell you, actually, a few years ago, I had a, a KitchenAid mixer where the the gears were made of plastic and they kept wearing out and I was such a pain in the neck to keep to keep buying these gears and have I had you know, had like a bunch of them because they would wear out uh but if I could 3D print them that would have been that would yeah. be, I ended up going for the higher end uh mixer because my wife was was just made it was cuz it was making bread and bread grinds the uh, plastic oh, gears yeah. the 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 slightly higher end mixer has metal gears which it should but um that's an interesting idea. It's not just, you know, fun, but it can be practical for making things you could use around the house and that sort of stuff. Very cool. And I'll say as a, as a homeschooling parent, there are a lot of manipulative opportunities that you have. So you can mm. do a lot of uh, teaching tools, a lot of manipulatives. If your kids are having trouble learning about 
uh, angles. There's a lot of stuff out there that's available for you to, to teach them about how angles work. You can, and, and you just print it on the fly. You don't have to buy it and order it. And you don't, if you don't need to print it, you don't, but then if you do, you've got the, the accessibility there to be able to do it. I wonder if there are Lego patterns online, probably no, open source. They're not, they're, no, no. <laughs> Not if, not if, there. There are block patterns. There, oh yeah, so there are block patterns with like block b- patterns. with the with the circular bumps on them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it, there's also um you, you know uh, minifig lines that exist that um they they look very similar to other minifig lines that might co- might cost you an arm and a leg <laughs> to buy. So. That, that is an interesting idea. In fact, so in in other words. It's going to be a real cost saver, actually, this yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. depending. depending on how you want to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, that's a great that's a great idea. I, I like that as a, as a gift idea. Uh, so, Jack, what's your uh, gift idea? Uh, my first one is the uh, Kindle Paperwhite. The mm. new one that I think came out over the summer, it's uh, waterproof, which is nice. I have the older one. It's not waterproof, but I've never had any issues with that. Um, it would be the one piece of technology where if I could never use any other tech again, I would pick that because you can carry so many books with you. Um, and I like, I'll read a lot of like really, really thick history books or really, really thick novels. And it's nice to be able to do that without having a 1200 page book in your hand. That so is, I really like that. The yeah. uh, backlight is nice cause you can read in the dark and it doesn't cause eye strain. Like if you're using an LCD. So that's, that's my pick of the week. I think it's 129 with the special offers and it's a bit more without. Yeah, I, uh, I I like that idea. I like the new one. I, I'm with you. I love my Kindle. Uh, I've had one for years. I love having having a, you know dozens of books with me at all times. You know, I, I remember the days like going on vacation and you know my my suitcase half the way to my suitcase is the three books I want to read while I'm on vacation. Yeah, and now yeah. it's just the Kindle is in there. Yeah, I'm reading uh, Brothers Karamazov right now, and it's nice to read that without having the actual physical book. That's no a big one. Kidding. That's wow. a big book. Yeah. <laughs> I like the new paperweight. Yeah, I like the idea that it's that it's waterproof. Uh, we're thinking of my son uh, getting my son a Kindle at some point, and uh, given his, uh, you know, he's a he's a young boy. He's gonna get, you know, take it with him into the mud or the, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. leave it out in the rain or whatever. The the idea that it's waterproof is, is great. Um, and I, I like that the screen is flush now. Like yeah. my, uh, the older ones, there was this, it was sort of inset and there was a bezel, but now it's sort of flat all the way across. Like your, like your phone is, you know, so yeah, that's cool. That's a good pick. Good pick. And again, I guess like, it's good for kids. If you have an Amazon account and you already have your, Kindle, you you can set up as a family account, and all the Kindles in the family can access the same library, which is which is really good. And there's also Kindle Unlimited, which I think is like nine ninety nine a month, right? And so it's not a bad uh bad value, right? Right. If you find, if the books you want to read are there, I I, I haven't so far I haven't found that it's the get the get the books I want to read, but uh, maybe it's getting better over time. I'll have to take a look at that again. Great, that is awesome. So, uh, so let's go over the second round of of uh, gift ideas. Uh, mine is is um, it's potentially going to be superseded in the new year, but we'll see uh, because of rumored products and that sort of thing. But I've been using the Tile Mate, the Tile Tracker system for a while. Um, I have uh, the Tile in my wallet. I have a Tile uh, in my Kindle because the Kindle itself doesn't have a tracker. Uh, I have tiles in in my kids' stuff, like uh, my kids' bags. Where's my bag? Well, let's find it. Let's find out where you put it. 
the shoes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, if I could put it, the... buy some pin shoes. Well, I mean, and, can you and... stick them to kids? <laughs> well, <laughs> you track down the kids. Well, the nice thing is, is the new tile, uh, they've upgraded, updated some of their, um, trackers and added some new ones. So they have one, what used to be, they have one which like they sold like this, uh, the double sided tape stuff, the, 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 the gluey, like 3M stick on the wall stuff. They'd sold that and you would, you know, uh, you'd get that and you'd stick it to the back of your tile and stick it on something, which was okay, but it eventually wore off. Well, now they're selling these, what they call stickers, which are, they are made to stick to things. And Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> they're, yeah, it's a little better. Uh, they have this new tile slim, which is the size of a credit card and just a little bit thicker. I mean, frankly, it's like, I think it's as thick as a the apple uh card you know because that's it's like a thick credit card great for your wallet or anything else like that uh and then they have and the other great thing is that they've done is they made the batteries replaceable so you don't have to you know buy a new one and throw it away and that sort of thing you can replace the batteries in them so uh they're they can be a little pricey to start with but you can like there's a best buy has a four-piece pack with a uh, two tile stickers a tile mate it has the loop for like a like a key ring or something and the tile um slim which is a credit card size one for 70 bucks um amazon has them cheap they're you know so it's pretty good and the way it works is you you have an app on your phone and it connects via bluetooth and you can just when you're looking for it you just hit the thing on your phone just like find my phone and it will beep the the the, the tile and you go walk around and you know find it and the nice thing is is because of the the tile ecosystem the more people that have tiles and have this app on their phone, their phone is noticing tiles in the wild as you walk around. And so if you drop your keys out, you know, in the city, it can it could potentially alert you that's where it is, where it's the last place it was seen. So uh it's it's a it's good and the reason I say they could be superseded is Apple is rumored to be coming out with something of their own soon, who knows when, maybe next year. Um it's rumored, so you know. I don't think Tile is going anywhere. They've got a big handle on the on on this market, and uh, so we'll we'll see what what happens uh, <laughs> with that. But for now, I think it's a it's a it's a really good product. So, uh, tell us what's your second gift idea? Okay, so mine. This one is more on the uh, uh, for the DIYer that's interested in electronics, but maybe either either knows a lot about electronics already and is interested in moving into kind of the more robotics or modern version of electronics or the kid who's really and by kid I mean anyone age 8 to 108 here uh who's interested in learning about electronics and getting into electronics in a in a kind of modern setting uh and it's an Elegoo uh kit it's an Arduino board basically that they've kind of proprietarily uh, uh managed and what it is it's called the Elegoo Super Kit and it uh comes with um, it comes with all Elgu, let me get it, Elgu Uno Super Starter Kit. There you go. And it comes with all of these things. It comes with wires, uh, with a bunch of different sensors, a bunch of different, uh, a couple of different motors, uh, and lots of things that you can wire into a breadboard and then have them do something. And you can program it on the, uh, on your computer, uh, with a free app that comes from, with the Arduino app that, uh, that you can get for free from the Arduino website. And you program it. You have to learn a little bit of C code, but they teach you the C code. So C++ and they, they teach you all the stuff you need. comes with a great PDF that's uh, really clear, really easy to understand. 
and teaches you all sorts of different electronics principles. And then you can use these things to do all sorts of stuff that you might want to do. So if you want to make a little uh, remote control car, you learn how to do that with this. If you wanted to make um, another one thing that we're thinking about using it for is we're going to get some beehives. I want to monitor all of the, the temperature changes and the, the humidity changes that are going on inside of the hive. They have sensors for that that you can uh, Bluetooth back to stuff that you have inside. And, you know, then you can just fix it and forget it and not have to go out and keep checking things that are out there, but have it warn you and ping your phone if you want to. So it's it's really versatile. And it's so easy to teach that I actually used it in my classroom this year. I had 18 kids in a class. Uh, I had uh, six of the kits. So there were three kids per kit. And they managed to learn a ton from those kits. They awesome. got through every one of the lessons over the course of a six weeks period and really loved it. They enjoyed it. That is great. That is a great idea. Uh, we have a, a, a more simplified, I have to look at what it is. My son has a more simplified electronics learner kit. This would be the next step up for him, I think. Yeah, is if snap circuits, snap is the other circuits. One that I would say, yeah. yeah, 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 which is fantastic in and of its, in and of its own right. If like if you want to get kids into electronics, snap circuits is great. But this one would be that next level yeah. where okay, now you got a breadboard and you actually have to wire little things together and learn about current and flow and right. Uh, then there's a little board in there to program it. That's the Arduino style board, and you just throw a program on there, run the program, see how it works, prototype it. Make it make it fail and then run it again. <laughs> awesome, that is nice. cool. I like it. I like it a lot. That's a good one. Uh, Jack, what's your uh, what's your next gift idea? My next gift idea is the WASD keyboard. Um, it's a mechanical keyboard. I believe it runs one forty to one sixty. Like if you want to get a small one, you can get, I think it's one forty. If you want to get a full keyboard with the tin key and everything, it's one sixty. I've had one for about five or six years now it's still the original one i bought and it is a it is a lifesaver in terms of typing every time yeah <laughs> i've got one too <laughs> one, once you go from mechanical keyboards there's no going back to the squishy keys oh it's it's so. it is an i've tried a lot of keyboards uh it's it's a little tricky if you're a podcaster because you know you try to type quietly while, yeah. <laughs> while you're recording uh but yes you're right it is it the the feel of the keys is so much like I mean, I'm I'm older. I've I've been doing this you know a long time. It feels like those old keys that you that it feels like you've hit the key. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've had too many of those. Like imagine those sort of squishy keys in it. They bend and they don't quite type correctly. This is a very solid feeling. Um, that that yeah, is good. They're, yeah, they're really nice. They're easy to clean too. You just pop the keys off, shake it out. Yep. Um, and I like that you can customize them on the WSD page. I want to get one at some point that has like the uh, TNG L cars. So yeah. maybe that'll be my Christmas gift to myself this year. <laughs> that actually would is is one thing that would make it a really cool Christmas uh, gift is to customize it or or to get one of these keycap sets for it that really kind of fit the the personality of the person you're getting yeah. for because they have all kinds of key sets. Um, whether you're an old guy like me and you want something that looks like the uh, the old IBM <laughs> uh, <laughs> keyboards, or or you know you're looking for something that's like customized to a uh, to like a TV show or, or something like that. that. That's a great idea. Um, and the other thing I like about this is, is that you there, the switches have different feels. There's mm -hmm. the cherry MX switches and anybody who's a keyboard nerd knows what that is. And they, they cut, they are specified by color. So the uh, cherry browns, cherry reds, cherry greens, and you can buy a tester that lets you get the sense of the feel and the noise and the sound of the key 
and then you can decide which set you want to buy. Now, if you're buying this for somebody, you you can you you won't go wrong just buying one of the the uh, the keyboards themselves. But uh, but you know, for someone who's if they're really nerdy about it, it's one way of uh, <laughs> of uh, figuring you know fi- of, of figuring out exactly the kind you want to get. So yeah, yeah. that's a good pick. That's a good a good choice. So we've got a handful of ideas to start the, to start this process out, and in the coming weeks we'll have some more uh, from our panels, and uh, we'll hopefully there'll be something for everyone in the list, and uh, and something that you can get to or maybe get for yourself. Very nice. All right, let's move on to our first story of the week, uh, which is uh, the, I, I think one of the big stories is that uh, Google Stadia has launched. Now, uh, Google Stadia was this is this new gaming service that. Google introduced, I think it was earlier this year, and they, it's it's basically you don't have to own the the game system here. This was the promise is you you know you can connect to their Google servers over the internet, and you'll be able to play uh, any video game uh, eventually any video game as at as if you had a high end gaming system right there. All you need is an internet connection, um, and. Uh, the question, the question is, is does it live up to the promise? And um, some of the stories, some of the reviews, the early reviews, maybe not as much as they might have hoped. Uh, so, what did you guys think? The, like, you, what from here from you in, in what you've read of it, or or even if you've tried it, I don't know if you've tried it or not. But uh, what do you think of Stadia? It looks to me like. Do you remember um, on live? I think they came out around two thousand six or two thousand seven. Yeah, it was pretty much the same thing. It was a streaming gaming service, and it was a bit before its time. It didn't work that well, and I think they went out of business in like twenty thirteen or twenty fourteen. Um, but it was pretty much the same thing as this. And this looks like since it has Google behind it, I'm sure it'll be better. But I'm sure it's not going to be like playing a top-of-the-line gaming PC or a PlayStation 4, especially just based on the bandwidth crunch there's going to be. You're going to hit that bottleneck, and it's just not going to be that great. Um, it looks to me like a more full-featured version of Apple uh, Arcade. Like, the games look like less like just upgraded phone games and more like actual games. Like, I think Destiny 2 is one of their launch games. Right. But I think it's going to be one of those things where maybe down the line it's going to be worth it, but at this point, anyone who's serious about gaming is going to either want to stay on a console or just get a pc right well i really i don't even think it's going to be something that's going to that you're going to find down the line because uh so many of these games are dependent on split second decision making and even come down to the button click and how quick how quickly it's made uh when you're talking about the top end games you know when you're talking about games like destiny when you're talking about games like um uh uh league of legends things like that 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 they they really need you you need to know that your equipment is top of the line and that your internet connection is also top of the line and that those two things are separate that they don't right. depend on each other right and and so that's that's my big uh, my my big question about it is where's the viability with the way that most games are going to a multiplayer system um and most of the high end games are really not even capping out the capabilities of home computers yet that's yeah it's kind of a there was a market. I think the market was met and then it just the, the Internet was not good enough to catch up to where it needed to be. Right. And I think it's going to it's going to double the latency you're going to get, because if you're running a multiplayer game on your computer, all your all you should be sending back is the like location of your character. But if you have to pull the data to your system and then push your location and your movements back, it's going to increase everything. 
Mm-hmm. One of the things to keep in mind is is the the pricing of it. So here here's yeah. what here's what happens. You pay 130 bucks for the Google Stadia Founders Edition. And what you get for that is uh you get a, a Google Ultra, uh, Chromecast Ultra dongle uh, and uh you pay $10 a month after your first uh, you know a 3 month trial and you're paying $10 a month but then on top of that you've got to buy the games so you're paying 20 to $60 just like you would for a you know an Xbox or PlayStation game so really when it comes down to it you're you're not having to shell out for the the console say like the Xbox or the PlayStation mm-hmm. so you're probably saving half of that cost but the, what you're giving up is like you said that prime hardware that's right in front of you, not somewhere on the other side of an internet connection, servers, firewalls, and all the rest that's going to cause you to lose latency and or increase your latency and, and have less of a game uh, performance. Um, thing, and then they talk about uh, you, you right now, the only phone it works on is the Pixel, n- not even other Android phones. So, you know, and yeah. and then otherwise you have to play it through a Chrome web browser on a laptop or a desktop, which oh, that'd uh, be great. Yeah. <laughs> has, has its own issues. Well, and I, I don't even know, like, I don't know why you would want to play some of these games on your phone. It's annoying enough trying to figure out how to work some of the games that have controllers built into them right. without now. Now you've got a yeah. you know, WASD keyboard and a mouse. And yeah, I don't I, I it is not top of my list to even be interested in honestly right yeah same here well this was the thing when they announced it everyone said the the what they're what they're talking about what they're saying sounds like the holy grail of of gaming you know you don't have to buy the system you just pay a uh, you know a flat fee and you can play any game you want on on the stuff you have already wow that sounds like the the uh, you know a garden of eden for gamers and then, as usual, when when it rolls out, it's actually not quite what everyone thought it might be, or the yeah, way it yeah. sounded. And I think that's I think that's where where we are. Yeah, I think it's too it's too much of an investment for casual gamers, but it's not enough power for hardcore gamers. So I don't really know who it's for. Right. I yeah. think I think with a lot of things like Google, they kind of roll things out half baked, and hope that they will eventually. Fully bake it, <laughs> or just get rid of it in a couple yeah. years, uh, or, or just get rid, rid of it in a couple years. That's <laughs> right. right. I think my favorite tweet about this was: I don't know why everybody's so down on Stadia. My Google Plus circles are really into it, <laughs> <laughs> and my Google Reader is full of articles about it. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And and, and I don't. I, I'm really. I'm kind of disappointed too because it's. Uh, I, there's a lot of opportunity here, and this this is the thing that really bothers me. I think that this might still be ahead of its time in the sense that for augmented reality and virtual reality games, this is the way they're going to be played. Right. Right. You're not going to have a system that's going to be able to, to handle what you need to for a truly augmented or virtual reality game. Uh, but we're not like strapping these things to our face yet. Like nobody's really ready to, to, to take their phone and strap it to their face. I know they've got the cardboard things that you can do that with, right. but it's, you know, nobody's doing it. Seriously. Nobody wants to do like, that. <laughs> it, it's so, it's so, it's so gimmicky still. Um, but we're getting there. Like we're we're really close to that being something that we start doing, and and once we do, then you are going to need to be able to to have a device that's low power, doesn't require much uh, much energy locally, but can connect really well to the to the web and play the mm-hmm. game remotely. So 
I hope they don't do it and then kill it before that becomes a thing, because I really would like to see that become a thing. <laughs> right. Well, you combine this with what they tried to do with Google Glass, which they said all along was, this is not a final product. This is our first uh, try at something and we want to do it in the real world. Uh, mm -hmm. the, and, the, you know, it'll come back. Apple's got something, some kind of glasses that people have talked about that that's coming. And it's going to start off, the, like the Apple thing is apparently going to start off connecting to your phone, but eventually go phoneless. So you can be out in mm -hmm. the wild without your phone. But you're right. In all, all of this stuff is eventually going to depend on being able to connect remotely and offload all of the heavy duty work to to a server somewhere. Um, and, right. and it's going to rely on ubiquitous, high speed, reliable Internet like 5G is promising which we'll see how Starlink. that goes. Yeah, yes, or Starlink, right? The or satellite. Yeah. Uh, so we'll we'll see. I, I think you're right. I think this is something else that's still ahead of its time, but is sort of the promise for something that's that should that will come, uh, which would be nice. All right. Uh, another story this week is about this uh, decision by a court uh, here in Boston, where I am, uh, that ruled uh, that warrantless searches at the border of your phone, laptop, tablet is now is unconstitutional. And what this is, is it doesn't mean that they can't search your devices, but they but it, the same rules apply at the border that they do everywhere else. They have to have probable cause. They have to have to have a warrant. They can't just say to random Joe Schmo, you happen to be coming through an airport or passing through a border checkpoint, you need to unlock your phone and let us rifle through your data. Um, so mm -hmm. what do you guys think of this? Um, Thomas, I, I'm sure you have an opinion about. Uh, I definitely <laughs> have an opinion. Um, I, uh, yeah, I've, I'm interested to see how this is going to play out in the case of them rifling through a foreign nationals phone, because I know that that's sort of where the case is coming from. And, um, it's it's going to be interesting to see how the Constitution applies rights to foreign nationals and limits our government's ability to do things to someone who's coming through an airport that's from another country that maybe even is on a suspected terror list, uh, but they don't have a specific warrant for that person's phone. They just have a general this person's on a, a list of suspicious characters. Right. Right. So I don't know, because because, you know, we got this whole other issue of like, well, everybody from certain countries uh, has been tried to be pegged as as a uh, as a terrorist or earlier this uh, earlier in this presidency. They were trying to say all of these countries can't come in anymore because they're you know, it's known that terrorists come from these countries. So I, I'll, I would like to see where this leads, because I, right. I think it's an advance on freedom, but it's still got to run through a gamut. Right. This particular case was about. Uh, 11 people, specific people, 11 cases who are 10 legal residents of the U.S. and one lawful permanent resident. So none of them were visitors, like you said, like no, nobody, none of these were foreign nationals. None of them were even um, people entering illegally or anything. These were these are all. Uh, in fact, one of the people is a, a natural born U.S. citizen um, who is a NASA engineer uh, who had his NASA-issued phone, sorry, uh, taken from him and told to give the pin. I mean, this is a phone that probably has government, at least classified information on it, if not secret information on it. Uh, and, you know, random 
border patrol officer going through it. So uh, these are some issues that come up uh, in in these in these cases. One was a, a retired U.S. Air Force officer who had been on vacation in Europe. Uh, so what is one of the things that that comes up is um, that they still can search. And so what, what does it say? It's uh, this article from uh, Sophos, uh, their naked security blog says it's legal for border agents to look through the devices of travelers who get referred for a secondary inspection. So primary inspection is travel documents and passports. Uh, but if there is cause for them to do a secondary inspection, they can search phones, thumb drives, computers, and other electronic devices. Um, and and that's that's where they have to have have probable cause. They have to have warrants. They have to have... Um, what does it say? The border officers are required to demonstrate, quote, individualized suspicion of contraband before they can search a traveler's device. So that's that's the what does that ex- actually mean in practice? I think it means you need to have TrueCrypt on your computer and have all the partitions <laughs> be hidden. Right. Bingo. Yeah, That's actually one of the things is, a, yeah, that's a piece of software called TrueCrypt, which will encrypt your drive, but goes beyond that to to kind of hide the real data and you can have a, a there's a, something that's hidden and then there's a part that's encrypted that you can unencrypt that makes it look like you've unencrypted your whole drive but it's sort of a dummy right is that what is, mm-hmm. am i on the, yeah right pretty much yeah there's also uh like one password the password manager also has a function where you can it's sort of it's a i forget what they call it but it's it's informally called like the border function where before you go on your trip, you hit this button and it wipes all of the, your password information out of your one password on your phone, on your device. And when you get to the other end, you connect to the Internet, you re-enter your master password and it reloads it all. So if something happens to your phone or your laptop in that transit, uh, your, all, your, all your passwords, which is you know the, the mother load of security, uh, all your passwords aren't out in someone else's hands. Um, the the thing about this one story that got me was how they found this inspector general found that they they were copying people's data to thumb drives and then losing track of the thumb drives. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. It's, and it, this is uh, the, the the thing that really that I would like to see happen here is I would love and this is this is where I would play the, the way I would play this is I don't know how much of the data I own on my phone. Because I'm not really sure if there's copyrighted things that I have on my phone that I've agreed to have and that I've signed a license for, but that aren't they don't belong to someone else. And so if they did copy that data and then use that data or lose that data, uh, that's illegal because I am the end user right. and they are not. And so that's it would be an interesting intellectual property uh, argument to make, too, because they're talking about contraband and contraband is things. But data has its own set of rules, mm-hmm. and I'm not really sure how those two would play with each other. But I'd love to see that happen. I'd love to see somebody really push that issue. Man, if they copied, if I say downloaded uh, legally, because I have, I say I have a Disney Plus subscription, and I've downloaded the the latest episode of The Mandalorian, say to my phone to watch while I'm traveling, and then they take that off of there, and it's on their computers, and they don't have a Disney Plus subscription. Can, right. could, could Disney sue the federal government for copyright violation or or whatever government has it? 
Or, or, I mean, if you go up the up the scale a little bit, you know, if you have a movie producer who has um, test footage that they've that they're that they've just got on their phone because they were they you know they're they're reviewing it on their trip, and it gets taken and then it gets leaked yeah. by a TSA agent that's uh, you know that doesn't have any moral qualms about doing that because oh you know we found it in a in a legal search right, it's still not legal for them to have it. Or you know somebody who works for the Department of Department of Energy has information you know classified or or you know or at least um what's the lower level that like just secure information that you don't want to get out there about uh nuclear capabilities or somebody who works for mcdonald douglas or you know one or any defense contractor and this information is out there kicking around you're right it's 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 a dangerous situation to, to say that just because you're crossing a border it gives them the right to take your data uh why should data be treated differently from other property uh in in that right sense. unless you get a warrant you shouldn't be able to search through people's personal belongings right right this is this is basic bill of rights search and seizure uh and that's that's the question and this but this is part of a larger conversation about in the digital age what constitutes property what constitutes ownership what constitutes privacy and mm-hmm. and how do we de- how is digital things which are easier to copy and you know, it's you can make a perfect copy, and still, you ha- still have your copy, but someone else has it now too. How does that apply? And that's that's a larger right. conversation we're still working out as a society. Yeah, well, I like and I'd like to point out that today, uh, or or recently, within the last couple of days, the former uh, deputy director of the NSA, uh, his take on on Snowden was on Edward Snowden was I thought that he was reckless, not a whistleblower in any way, shape, or form, but we are in a better place because of it. I do think wow. we've got a different compact with all our overseers and with the American public. So, Interesting. Yeah, it's a. I just saw that tweet come through on mine today. So it's a. You know, I think we are talking about this stuff, and it's something that we weren't necessarily talking about um, just a half a decade ago. Right. 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 Well, it's also just an issue of applying what's in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights to these concepts that the people who wrote those could never even have imagined. Mm-hmm. So you got to figure out how to interpret that for the modern age. Right, right. It's it's similar to other conversations like uh, gun control and those sorts of things. Uh, sticking, you know, sticking to the principle of the of the of the right that we're we're trying to secure, and applying it to new technologies, new situations, and that's that's the difference. Um, you know, right. Like, just like the idea of once we're living on colonies on other planets and that sort of thing. How do how do our um how do our rights work in those sorts of situations? We kind of touched on a little bit uh was a couple couple weeks ago, but uh, how yep. how do our rights work when we're in a colony on another planet, five five light minutes from Earth? You know that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. That's a good question. Well, that's we went from the border searches to interplanetary rights. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Secrets of tech goes everywhere. <laughs> awesome. So that's a great a couple of great discussions on some topic uh, topics of the week. Uh, before we get to our picks of the week, I do have a tip that I want to give to folks. Something that I've been work uh, dealing with, uh, and that is uh, keep in mind that your power strips and your your surge protectors do not have an unlimited lifespan. Uh, then, mm. And in fact, they only last five or six years safely. And after that, they 
they are they are not as safe as they once were. I mean, they won't all explode at once in your home on the on the fifth anniversary of you uh, plugging it in, but they don't last forever. And I'm just in the process of beginning to replace uh, all the power strips in my home office, which are which are one of them is just about six years old now that my computer's plugged into. So uh, figure out how old your strips are, and you know, and you know, and if 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 you don't know how old they are. They're probably older than you think because everything everything is further in the past than I remember them to be. Uh, I I went on Amazon and looked at my purchase history and found the particular power strip and I'm like, oh, I bought that in 2013. That is kind of old. So um, <laughs> uh, the what set me off on this course was I have in the kitchen I have a power strip that my uh, Echo and my uh, coffee pot and a couple other things are plugged into, and it turned itself off <laughs> the other day. Uh, and oh. then made a little noise, and I'm like, mm, "That's not safe." So, yes. so new power. Strip. I know that noise you're talking about. I've I've heard that a couple of times at my house too. Yes, yes. So uh, I've I actually went to the wirecutter.com, which is uh, my preferred consumer uh, review site. Found their top rated power strip. Uh, it's a trip light, and I ordered that for for my uh, to, for my kitchen. It's got a whole bunch of. Um, outlets and i got i get some like a you know rice cooker and things that plug into that so um that's some that's my tip this week for for all of you is to check how old your power strips are and maybe and that's another potential gift idea i mean it's not the it's not the coolest of all <laughs> it's the you know it's the socks and underwear of tech <laughs> christmas gifts but you know it could be if you get one with usb chargers in it though you yes. are you know you're adding value to someone's yeah, life. Yeah, that's fancy. <laughs> well, in fact, I have one that I might make my uh, I might put on my next Christmas gift guide list for the for the next show. Uh, because it's cool because the outlets rotate so that if you get a big power brick, you can fit it next to other plugs. That's always ah. always been my bugaboo is the that the the plugs are so close together that you can't put a power brick on it. So, uh, right. So th- that's my that's I I mean I might put that on on my list next time. Awesome. So let's go on to our picks of the week. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, these are kind of di- separate from our uh, Christmas gift ideas. You'll see how we, these are a little different uh, from, from gift ideas. Uh, but Jack, why don't you go first? What's your pick of the week? Mine ties into one of my gift ideas from earlier. It's um, the fact that on Amazon, there are tons and tons of books in the public domain that you can download for free. Like I know I've gotten like a bunch of uh, G.K. Chesterton or yes. um, like Charles Dickens, like tons of classics. There's also a lot of uh, independent publishers will put out free books. So those are more varying quality, but you know it's a lot of free stuff on there. But I really like how you can get all sorts of classics. There's like all of uh, like Edward Gibbons' uh, Rise and Fall of the Third, not Rise and Fall of the Third, um, Roman Empire. Roman Empire, that one. Um, Which take with a grain like of salt, that, so. by the way. It's it's very it's a uh, it's somewhat anti-Catholic, but. But it's a it's a, it yes. is a classic. It is a classic. <laughs> yes, fair warning. But yeah. it is just those kind of things. A lot of uh, yeah, classic. So I definitely recommend that. Definitely, yeah. When I um when I got my daughter her Kindle a few years ago, uh, we got all of the um, was it the Anne of Avonlea books are in the public domain? One of those older series yeah. is in the public domain, and we like got a whole bunch of those for her. Uh, that is a great pick. That and besides Amazon, you can also go to Project Gutenberg. Uh, That's the other one I was going to recommend. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's yeah where I go for mine. <laughs> those are those, their qualities 
somewhat uneven. I mean, because it's a public, uh, it's a public project. So some people are better editors than others. Uh, but I think over time, though, it's gotten better. It just as more people have gotten yeah. gotten involved mm-hmm. in in fixing things up. So uh, that and is a great. Nice idea. on um, yeah. On Amazon, they'll update the books from time to time, so you'll get a better translation or a better copy. Yes, that's true. This is true. Uh, that's a great pick. Uh, public domain ebooks to go with your new Kindle. Um, yeah, load up the Kindle for for the uh, for Christmas morning so that it's already full of stuff for them. That's a, that's a that's a good point. There you go. <laughs> awesome, Thomas. What's your pick of the week? Okay, so mine mine's a little weird. Um, I, I have follow a lot of YouTubers that have been getting dinged over the last few weeks for uh, excessive violence or some other odd, bizarre uh, complaint from YouTube. And they're having their videos demonetized. What are you watching? Uh, uh, well, well, so the thing is, like, it's not really anything weird. It's like it's video video gamers that are playing games that are you know that okay. are inherently violent, but not sure. like excessively gory or anything like that. And then I've been watching for years and have been doing. They do great things. They are clear to avoid stuff and make it for yep. a younger audience when they're where they need to. I watch it with my kids too. So that's right. That's that. And then um one of the guys is the 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 slingshot guy uh from from Germany, uh George oh, is his name. And yeah. He, he does these fantastic videos and he he's been dinged for uh for promoting violence because the he's great using weapons. had that problem too. Oh yeah. right. And so it's 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 upsetting. It's upsetting to me that YouTube is kind of like using this model to say we're going to demonetize you for for whatever reason. And they can it seems like they have kind of a carte blanche on what they I mean, it's it's their platform. So they can just say, right. OK, we're demonetizing you, but they're not giving any reason why. So my pick of the week is if you have a YouTuber that you follow, make sure to support them through Patreon if they offer that option because a lot of these guys uh they you, you don't realize how many hours go into editing the video i mean don was just talking about how many times he's edited um a podcast for this week yes and, and that's what these guys do for a living and video is uh, is three times as hard as editing audio i'll, I'll say that right yeah <laughs> yeah it's i and i remember doing it I, I did it for our uh for our parish we put up a weekly uh a weekly video and i remember man that that thing took an entire eight hour day worth of work to of tape and then put together make sure all the sound was right make sure all the information was correct and then up on the board so uh, these guys they they if they get demonetized they really do a lot of them it the content's just going to drop because they're not going to be able to maintain that same kind of schedule without some kind of support that is a very good point i do actually i support a, several youtubers myself uh the townsend channel james townsend uh john townsend it's his, his store's called james townsend um but uh, he does 18th century reenacting in, mm-hmm. in you know, it's a revolutionary era, basically. And they they do a lot of uh, cooking from that era. And they they've just built a log cabin from that era using only the local tools. I, you know, I, I give him a couple bucks a month because it's worth it to me to, to watch that. And the kids love it. It's educational. I agree. I think you should support if you are if your favorite YouTube channels support, you know, they they ask for, you know, they have a Patreon opportunity. Throw them a couple bucks. I mean, obviously, SQPN, we, as, as I will say in a few minutes, we rely on people, patrons, to, to support us through Patreon. And I think it is a great way for people to directly support the content that they love. So, excellent. I like that. Uh, all right. So, my pick is an app for your iPhone, and it's called Un- Unobstruct. And it's a very it's a simple app that does basically one thing. I mean, it does a couple of things, but... The main reason I have it, the, the main thing it does, 
is you ever notice those social media sharing bars? I mean, we have them on SQPN. We have social media sharing bars, but the ones that float as on the page as you scroll up and down, they, oh, yeah. they get in way of the content <laughs> and they're really annoying. And it's even worse on your phone because it's the screen is smaller and the, the, you got these things in the way. What unobstruct does is it blocks those. It gets the, it unobstructs your view of the content. Uh, and, and I'm not, I'm not always in favor of messing with what other people want to do with their sites, but if, if they block their own content, usually they don't realize it. Most people don't want to block their own content. Uh, so this, this helps with that. So it's called unobstruct and I'll put a link in the show notes and it, it, it's very basic. It, you, you install it. Then you go into settings app, Safari content blockers and enable it. And then it does its thing. Uh, you don't have to worry about it any, anymore and it will be there and it will stop those things from getting in the way of reading your, your favorite web pages. So unobstruct. So check it out. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, I think uh, I think that's about it. Uh, we had a, a, some really good discussion tonight. I'm really grateful to you guys. Uh, before we finish, I do want to talk about Patreon a moment. Uh, I want to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of technology, including Mark C., Alan and Melissa K., Masij B. Masij, I'm sorry. I, every time I say your name, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. It's Polish. It's M-A-C-I-E-J. But um, I do my best. Uh, John L. and Les R. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of technology and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. So that's it from us on uh, this topic. I do want to point out a little programming note. There won't be a show next week, next Thursday, because the, the Thursday uh, next Thursday is Thanksgiving Day, and I'm not going to be editing a show that day. I'm making a turkey. So uh, take the day off and we'll have a, we'll be back the following week with a with a new show. So uh, we do want to hear from you. And if you have any comments or anything you want to say about the what we've been talking about, you can go to sqpn.com slash technology and leave a comment there or at the SQPN Facebook page, facebook.com slash StarQuest Media, or send us an email to technology at sqpn.com. And, of course, we'll have links to the stories and to the pics and the gift guide items on our show notes at sqpn.com slash technology. If you haven't done so, please subscribe to the show in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, your favorite podcast app, or at our SQPN YouTube channel where you should hit the bell to get notifications of new episodes. And so until next time, Jack Barazzini, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of technology. Thanks, Tom. And Thomas Sanherho, thank you as well. It was a pleasure. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of technology on StarQuest. <laughs>